Hello, everyone. It's Edwin. Welcome back. The first time I fell in love on Valentine's Day, I was 11 years old. And I was watching Lost in Space, which is a black and white science fiction show. And it was after school. During the day, Valentine's was uneventful. We may have exchanged some cards. I think I was in sixth grade at the time. But didn't have a girlfriend. Too young to drive. Like girls, but nothing, you know, at that age, at least for me, <laughs> nothing was happening. So I'm watching, after school, watching TV, and I'm watching the show Lost in Space. My brothers, they'd always watched it. And I started watching it, too, probably over the years. And they're in reruns. The show came out in the 60s. And there's an episode where the Lost in Space robot was fighting another alien robot. Um, they actually referred to him as a robotoid. But it was for those science fiction aficionados, the alien robot was Robbie the robot. That was most famous for being on a sci-fi movie called The Forbidden Planet. And in this episode, the Robinson's robot, Robot B9, as we later know, was fighting the other robot. And the ro- actually, he was more advanced than him. The alien robot was more advanced. So the Robinsons actually started using him more and more and started ignoring their own robot. And then, of course, being an alien robot, he decided to start taking over and sabotage other tools. And the Robinsons' faithful robot B9 was able to outwit the alien robot and win the day. Watching this battle of the robots, I was like, I'm going to build me a robot. Of course, I had no idea how to do that. This was well before smartphones, the internet, or actually even home computers. All I, I was watching it on network TV. didn't even have cable. So I'm watching the black and white on a black and white TV, watching this robot, which at the time, kids, we didn't know what the robot was. We thought it, maybe it was remote controlled. And I later find out there's actually an actor in there named Bob May, who actually met in the early 90s. But at the time, you know, in the early 80s, on Valentine's Day, remember, I'm still watching this show. And I said, I'm going to build a robot. And... I think that would be cool to have a robot. How would you even do that? So I actually get on the phone and call the library. We have a, a pretty good library system. And they were pretty friendly. And they answered me and said, yes, we have. I said, do you have books on building a robot? And I said, yeah, we have books on how to build a robot. And, and they mentioned a few titles. And then I also call the bookstore. Back then, there were also things called bookstores. Um, and they were the main way you found up-to-date information was you went to the bookstore. The library had pretty good information, but it was tended to be older. Um, there's some perennial information, of course, that never goes up to date, especially if you're doing history. But if you're trying to build the latest technology at the time, there's not a there's not going to be uh, the latest thing at the library um, at the books. And I went to 
There was no Barnes and Noble, or at least not in Pittsburgh. There was no Borders, which obviously, as the time of this recording, has been out of business. There was no Amazon. So I had a bookstore named B. Dalton Bookseller. And there's also a book called Walden's Book, which actually later were bought by Borders. But that's beside the point. There were these bookstores, and I asked them, do you have any books on how to build a robot? I had no idea what the titles were or the authors. I just said, do you have any books on building robots? And they listed a few titles. And I said, okay. This was at the mall, a nice indoor mall. And so it's after school. Everyone else was out. Of course, I couldn't drive. Too far for the bus. And it's February. I don't recall it being really... Obviously, it was cold, but I don't recall it being snowy or anything. So, this is 1980. There wasn't even a space shuttle yet. And man hadn't, man, woman, everyone hadn't really been back to space since the Apollo days. Um, there was the Mir, not the Mir space station, but there was the Skylab that had fell to the Earth in the 70s. And so I'm sitting there after getting off the phone and then waiting for everyone to come home to drive me out to the mall because I'm going to build a robot. So I actually got a book by David Heiserman called How to Build a Self-Programming Robot. I really didn't. I tried to build a remote control car. My dad had a background in electronics, so he would help me and that, earlier, probably a few months earlier. But I've never built anything like a robot. And this robot that he had was kind of just a small wheeled robot that we take for granted now that rolled around and could bump into things, could detect things and also charge itself. Just like you have a Roomba, now the, you know, robot vacuums and any other robot vacuum manufacturers that they go find the charger and they charge themselves up. But this was pretty much unheard of. So he had, you know, you had to build all of this from scratch. Um, so you had to build the metal. You, you know, also had to make, try to make metal, try to make um, all the electronics. Um, so my favorite places had become Radio Shack and the hardware store. So of course, this love of robots started on Valentine's Day and at, in sixth grade and that's when I started building robots and going to hardware stores radio shacks really nerdy stuff but no one seemed to call it nerd stuff back then it was just probably was so outlandish that it was just so was Edwin he's building a robot that was kind of my moniker um, everyone said wow really what's it going to do and of course being an 11 year old it was going to do everything and even the book even the robot in the book didn't do much. It rolled around, charged itself. And he, looking back, he actually had some pretty interesting rudimentally, rudimentally artificial intelligence where the robot could start remembering where it had been um, just based on previous combinations of directions. We had called them alpha, beta, and gamma level intelligence. And all of this was written in assembly language, which I had no idea how to do. Um, it was an 8080 processor, which is an IBM predecessor, 8-bit microprocessor. I think it had maybe one or two K of memory and all these boards and everything had to be hand soldered. And it was just a lot of work. I mean, I'd worked on that for, for the next several years just to get 
the base. My idea was I'm going to build the base. Then I'm going to keep going up. You know, I drew a sketch of what I wanted it. going to have legs and then start building aluminum. And never, at that time, never quite got done. Got different pieces working. Maybe some legs. I get the legs to bend over, you know, the wheels. Not too much in the arms. Didn't really, you know, I drew some pictures of arms. Never got that far. Um, it's going to start working on the computers and I kind of got bit by the computer bug because this robot needed a computer, which is a project in itself. You couldn't really just buy an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi or any any of the small microcontroller boards. They were pretty much giant boards. They were kits, but they were hundreds and hundreds of dollars and far outside of my zero budget. And I just, my parents would give me some money and I would go piece together what I could and and whatever junk from junkyards and other robots. But, you know, that started my first love of robotics, of trying to build things. And it really, for me, helped put a lot of things. I did okay in school, or pretty good in school, but didn't didn't really gel. And I kind of started getting disinterested. But robotics, and which is why I always try to encourage kids to learn robotics, is it brings lots of things together. And... It's really cool, um, and it really helps um, bring a lot of technology, science, math, engineering, all together. And it's really interesting to see some 30 years later, actually almost 40 years later, how these technologies are coming together and people are really into it and kids really like it. So it's good stuff. So the next time I fell in love would be... Wow, probably 30, 20-something years later, on Valentine's Day, all over again. And I'll continue that in our next segment. Stay tuned.